I was good with y'all, just shoulda, coulda, woulda. I got Joel Stallworth, Mr. Joel Stallworth on the line. What's good with you, man? Man, all is all is well, man. Just hustling, living the family life, uh, post-career, just living in Southern California. A lot of hard work and dedication. Man, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. How is the family? How are they doing? The family is doing well. You know, anybody with a family understands that, <laughs> you know, it's it's like when we 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 grow up. It's all of my good days are my bad days. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely definitely. Speaking of family, you come from a large family. What's the size of your family that you come from? Uh, my family. So my father is one of thirteen. I'm uh, one of ten, and you know we obviously you know growing up in Stockton. You know, the family is, is the family tree is 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 really big. And yeah. When, when I moved to Los Angeles, I really, I kind of took it for granted a little bit, but I, I really understand the dynamic of a family off of just, you know, growing up how we grew up. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, your grandfather, you know, um, that y'all actually, your family is probably one of. Many, but one of a few that has a village inside of a village. If you look on my website, the uh, motto is uh, it takes a village. And um, man, y'all have <laughs> a village inside of a village. Like I said, your grandfather being one of my biggest mentors in my life. Like I wouldn't be the man I am. to. Yeah, of course, my parents had uh, uh, some put in with this, but they put me in the path of your grandfather. Let's talk about a little bit about your grandfather. What was he to you? Man, my grandfather is my, uh, you know, driving force. He's my ultimate motive. Um, you know, he's the type of person that puts people um, in connection with other people. You know, he's a village creator. But, you know, you also have to be, you know, man, he, he's just amazing to me. It's, it's how yes. I met you. It's how I mean, your parents are, you know, forever in my life because of my grandfather and you know that's that's amazing you know the Vaughn yeah. family like brother uh man it's it's yeah it's crazy man it is he know. he's one he's one he's a definitely a pillar that was lost in the city of Stockton a lot of people don't know how much work he put and he wasn't one of those kinds of people that wanted to be up front with everything and needed his poster plastered on the walls it wasn't even like that he mm. gave i don't it's so many people still in debt of your grandfather to this day because of how much he gave to the community how much he gave to them and uh not only that he poured into his kids and his kids poured into the community even uh pastor doris fuller rest her soul you know she poured into me as i got out of high school and it was like you know, it, even later on in life, we got disconnected, but uh, a situation had happened and I seen her in Walmart and she was just like, you know, I still love you. God still loves you. And she was still still poured into me like we ain't missed a step. You know what? What other uh, mentors do you have in your your family? Because it's many, many of mentors. So my family, I mean, I will I will say um, Archie Harris, you know, and Stevie Thompson. Yes, my uncle. You yes, know, those guys right there. You talking about village? 
I mean, Stevie Thompson, man, and, and Archie Harris, those guys, they made sure I was right. In yeah. and, 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 you, you know, they, they made sure that um, I had an opportunity to be successful in life. You know, you talk about, you know, the bishop, and, you know, I can, I can make an argument with, you know, even Archie Harris and, you know, Steve, uh, Steve Thompson, you know, uh, being at our school, uh, Samuel Hancock, you know, we didn't get a lot of opportunity. D.B. Thompson was my village in, inside of the village that was yeah. created. And, you know, he was a really good man. He is a good man. You know, I want, you know, and that's, that's the, uh, the, like, what is it? Christ made, you know, 12 disciples. Yeah. And he said, go to the hedges, you know, the edges and the hedges of earth. Yeah, and, and preach the gospel, and the the importance of a village is, you know, equals us. You're not saying we've done everything perfect. Yeah, but the reality is, you know, look at us now. You know, I'm I've never been a perfect a day in my life. A lot of people don't know that. But <laughs> you know, look 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 at us now, man. Yep. We, we, you know we're doing we're 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 striving for greatness. Yeah, and that's off of the offspring and family. We became family, no matter yeah. what. Like you said, my aunt Doris, Pastor Doris, uh, Fullard. You know, um, she still looked at you the same because she was Christ-like, yeah, right? Exactly. So if she wasn't Christ-like, she could be messy, and messy ain't Christ-like. So because exactly. Christ looked beyond all of our faults. And, and you know sees our needs so that's yeah that's what you know that's my story you know? let's let's move on to uh high school you mentioned uh archie harris now he introduced like a lot of people don't know i was a skater before samuel hancock straight up skater <laughs> i didn't sports was not my thing i mean i was fast i was you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. i knew i was athletic but i was a straight skater so when i came to hancock um it was a summer and uh, they was going to the state qualifying tournament in San Jose, and it was just mm -hmm. four people. I, I know it was your brother, uh, Michael Hester, and two other people I can't remember, but they oh, Maurice and somebody else, they needed one more. And I'm in there shooting around. Archie was like, oh, Coach Archie was like, uh, you want to go with us to this tournament? I'm like, I'm looking at him like, <laughs> you see what I look like on this court? Right, and, uh, right. and they just needed a fifth person. So I went, man, I played that tournament in K-Swiss. It's a wow. K-Swiss. And I honestly did not know what I was doing. So he introduced the game to me. And after that, I was turned on. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? He molded me and groomed me. But I didn't mm -hmm. catch the Archie Harris that y'all had, the coach Archie Harris that y'all had. I mean, I caught him at the end of his career and stuff like that. But he definitely introduced me to the game, you know. And so how was high school with you? I know we can't. We both come from the same high school, you know. For the yeah. people that don't know, our high school was pretty small. It was family-oriented. You know, it's not yeah. the 3,000 students that you would see. If we had a hundred students, we was lucky, for man. That. <laughs> not know? not 10% of it was 10, not even probably not even 10% of 3,000. Exactly. Like, exactly. But, so how was yeah, it with our, you? High school was, it was really good for me, man. We had a really good uh, village. I mean, you had, you know, uh, Alice Stallworth, uh, my aunt Alice, uh, Gail Stallworth, yeah. um, Diane, 
Sanford, you know, all of these, you know, historians, these people yeah. that really work for nothing. I mean, we had your, um, you know, your your mom and dad, Vons, came in and, and pretty much worked for nothing. And I tell people, man, I used to think I was being cheated, but now I realize that, man, I was, I had the ultimate blessing because it protected me from my own ignorance. Exactly. Um, but, but man, our, our high school, we were obviously uh, um, covered in so many different ways. You know, um, they, you know, we prayed, we had chapel every Wednesday and, yeah. you know, it, it really, it kind of shaped my life uh, for the better for today because even, you know, after college, for instance, like I, I, I joined the Los Angeles Apollo. It's one of the oldest Apollos. And I can, I'm not a good singer, but I can carry notes. And, you know, yeah. I don't understand how to read music, but I can hear it enough to handle my notes. And it just gets me on point. And people are like, oh, wow, this guy knows what he's doing. So it kind of put me in a, a different uh, echelon of, of humans. And it's... Uh, allowed me to be very diverse, more than what I would expect, you know, going to Chico and Reading and, and singing in choir, going to chapel, understanding norms. And, you know, if, if somebody would follow our life, they would look at it and say, wow, Joel, you're going to be going overseas. You know, you're going to be going, um, you're going to be going off to college and you're going to be doing this and this and this. And I'm like, wow, how can I do that from a school so small? Exactly. Uh, they, exactly. They prepared us, you know, with integrity, you know, like I was able to go on, you know, from there. And, and, and I was prepared for to, to you know, like I can, I can name some of these stories, sister. One of the ladies that came and she said, keep thy foot when I go to the house of the Lord. Just teaching us. Like these small things, the little things that make big things. Little happen, things that has been able to, um, yeah, to, been able to help change my life. And um, when I get in any any situation, I know where to go to. I know where to run to. I know where to rest in because oh, yeah. of those. Uh, you know, you know, my aunt Gail, uh, Joyce Vaughn, Pastor Vaughn, Diane Sanford, uh, Ernest Martin. I'm obviously using their first names, but obviously these yeah. people are pillars. They're saints. They're modern day saints. Yeah. You know, and, you know, they can never get the credit that they will deserve. But, you know, that school really shaped my life and is continuing to shape my life. Uh, and I'm, I'm in I'm in forever debt. Like how what you said, oh, yeah. like, it makes us all in debt to and we can never get above bigger than our group. That's the blessing. Like yeah. No matter what we do. It's always Samuel Hancock. It's always Stockton, California. Yep. It, you know what I mean? And we grow together, not away from each other in, in a way. That's how I look at it. You know? Yeah. So let's uh, let's jump into your uh, career, your basketball career. Now, y'all was once named the greatest show of Stockton and that. Y'all prove that, you know, I, I will say this. I'm going to have to apologize to all my Samuel Hancock people. I was, you know how you go to a, a team and they've been the championship team and then you were part of the team that lost mm -hmm. it. So we always, <laughs> blew out, always blew out Christian life. I was a part of the mm -hmm. team that lost the Christian life. I would, for, for my sake, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't there. I didn't play that game. I got in trouble and, you know, 
I didn't play that right. game, but I was part of this. So I have to apologize to all my Samuel Hancock people out there. We always blew the socks off of them. But how was your how was your experience with uh, especially if it was mostly your family too? That's the that's the coldest thing about that team. I don't think a lot of people looked at it like that. Y'all played on Birdcat growing up. Then y'all played yeah. in middle school. Then y'all played in high school. The chemistry was beyond an AAU team. It was beyond best friends sitting on the corner learning each other. It was beyond that because y'all was so tight-knit with the family. And it was so in sync. I can remember yeah. going to the games and y'all just was like, bro, I, they you knew what the other person was doing. Everybody knew what Brian was going to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew what Stefan was going to do. Everybody knew what you was going right. to do and where you was going to be at at the time. They didn't have to look up. None of that. So it made y'all, especially the Michael Hester, a lot of people, man, mm-hmm. the most slept yeah. on point guard in, in Stockton, the most slept on yeah, point yeah, guard yeah, in yeah. Stockton. Y'all, y'all was, that team got the Aaron Stolf, your brother, jumping from the free throw line over somebody in high school. That was not even done. You know what I'm saying? We got you yeah. coming through, flying yeah. through. The, like, how was that experience in high school with everything going on? So, so let me give you a little bit of history, right? Please. Christian life for breakfast, Christian life for lunch, <laughs> Christian life for dinner, so lunch, lunch, lunch. So, so check this out, right? Kevin Lincoln, Kevin, Kevin Lincoln, believe this is, believe, believe me or not, this is a true story. Kevin Lincoln and I, I used to go at it. You know, he was at Christian Life Center, I believe his sophomore, freshman, sophomore year. And I remember going at it with him and um, we didn't we didn't allow them to beat us. But my my brothers before us, Andre, Timmy, uh, uh, Marky, rest in peace, uh, rest in peace, Reggie and those guys. They used to get beat by Christian Life Center. And I'm, I'm just putting <laughs> that out there. So don't feel like I'm you glad know, you this said is a circle that. of life. I'm glad you said that. But but but. But check this out, though. They were getting cheated at the highest level. And yes. that was one of my first experiences, uh, Jay, a.k.a. Desmond, with racism. You know, yes. they would cheat them so bad that I would I would promise that they will never beat us. So we we started, we would just beat Kevin Lincoln's them head in. And, and, and you know, shout out to Kevin Lincoln, you know, shout Mayor out. Stockton. You know, um, you know, shout out to him. You know, I, if I was in Stockton, I'm not going to lie. I would have voted for Tubbs. But that's that's <laughs> we ain't going to get political in here right now. Yeah, but, we ain't going to get political. But um, right, right, right. But uh, shout out to Lincoln, though. But yeah. but um, man, just having that that chemistry, you know, Michael Hester, a.k.a. I call him Mano, you know, um, man, that dude. That yeah, dude that boy, amazing. he could fly. Brian, nice. Brian O'Neill, Brian, Brian O'Neill, man, you know he could he, that guy I'll never forget when um when uh, my aunt Gail lowered the court to six feet so he can dunk in the game. <laughs> I'm joking. Hold on. For Brian's defense, I was at the game when Brian got a dunk. I was I was I walking w- in the game and Brian came down on a fast break and got a dunk. And the gym went crazy because I don't think Brian was crazy. just a dunker like that. But man, mm-hmm. the gym went crazy. I remember that game. I know though. that was. <laughs> so it's it's my job as his as his cousin to forever tease him, 
and make a story up. And, you know, we all know my aunt Gail yep. was not going to lower no oh. court. She wouldn't know how to lower the court, in my opinion, <laughs> in my ignorant opinion, because I don't know if she knows how to lower the court. But, yep. you know, I always be like, yo, Brian, your mom lowered that court. Or, you know, you make up stuff because, you know, yep. we get a kick out of teasing each other. And, yep. we, you know, to this day, we fight on Facebook nonstop. I see um, but uh yeah man we always uh you know basketball was 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 everything with us because you know we grew up we started off playing on Burkett and my dad you know he was an all-American uh uh Michael Hester senior was one arguably one of the greatest you know they, they always talk about him trying out for the Sacramento Kings and you know how they called him years after he was playing and asked him to try out. So those stories, like I would see my dad and uh, Michael Hester, my uh, uh, Skylab, my uh, uncle uh, Will, Uncle Winky. I mean, they they would, my dad and them sometimes would hit like 13, 14 shots in a row. And they would be like, it's like throwing it in the ocean. And, you know, it, it was just seeing them play and just all the stories. Uh, you know, I wish, you know, that would have happened with my son. You know, I didn't mean to talk about this, but I remember like not too long ago, a couple of years ago, about a year and a half, two years ago, when I was in the store buying a basketball for my son and I was buying him a ball because he wanted the ball so much. And I was like, I don't want him touching the ball, too. He's like, five, because he don't need to be doing that. He needs to focus on reading. And we got some yeah. other stuff going. He can all if he's going to be a baller, he's a baller. But, you know, watching that moment get stolen from him. And talking about the moment brought back all the stuff that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's basketball was a refuge for us. It's like how yeah. you said you was a skateboarder. You know, I was like, I, I was, if you look at my life, Brian, Andrea, Charlie, Stefan, and I, we used to go around California and even we went to Detroit. They flew us all to Detroit because we were Bible scholars. You know, we were we knew so much about the Bible. And even today, a lot of people ask me like, oh, man, why do you know so much about the Bible? I say, you know, uh, Pastor Ernest used to teach us. Yeah. You know, that's it always comes back to, yeah. uh, you know, sports and, and, you know, athletics, because, you know, that's that was our refuge. Exactly. And, Playing in the chemistry with each other. That was like we knew each other. We rode bikes. We fought each other. You know, we did all everything that we could do with each other. Uh, flying hills, just all running all around East Side. We wanted to get sponsorships from people. I mean, yeah. you know, the great Chris O'Neill, you know, and, you know, just it's, it was a lot, man. We yeah. went through a lot of uh, stuff to, to bond and chemistry. So when you're talking about we knew where we, each other was going to be at. It's like, man, we knew where each other was going to be at outside of that. Exactly. You know what I mean? It was like exactly. Stephen, you know, Stephen, Stephen Sanford. Uh, I would go to his house. You know, he lived on Sullivan right around the corner from all of us. And I mean, then when he moved to uh, over by Philwood Arms on, you know, by the on off of Main Street, you know, I would go over there. We would always stay connected. Even to this day, you know, I'll call Stephen every couple of years and we just talk for a couple of hours on the phone, talk about his son, Luke. Um, yeah. When I made it to the Olympic trials, they uh, end up, I ended up visiting him and Luke in, in, in uh, Portland. 
and Luke, I'll never forget, he was chasing birds. Luke is probably like 16, <laughs> 17 years old right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's that's where all that chemistry, man. Our, our families are forever connected. Yeah. I mean, even when your brother comes to uh, L.A. and stuff, you know what I mean? We talk, yeah. Daniel and I, we, we, we talk and, you know, what he's doing is so amazing. And I know you're going to yeah. even do more amazing things because y'all just... Y'all have a knack of hard work. One thing you know about, like, the Buns is hustle. Grit and hustle. That's like, definitely it. It's not too many yeah. people I've met that's going to outwork you. Yeah, so appreciate you. you. Appreciate you. Know I mean? you. <laughs> yep. No, it's real. That's definitely that's definitely true. I was, I was going to ask you about the um, – no, I was going to tell you, your dad. So, speaking of your dad, so 10 years ago um, – your dad is up in age now, but 10 years He's ago, 70, I seen 70, your, 70. so he had to be six. It was, he had something wrong with him and he was hurting and he been praying about it. And he was like, Oh, I think I'm healed. So we in the gym. I never he forget. Dunk? He dunked the ball at 60 yeah. years old at 60. My brother, there's legend <laughs> that my brother said he could still dunk at 70. He probably can. That's I would, crazy. I would not doubt it. Your dad is, your dad, he healthier than what he think he is. <laughs> he yeah. healthier than what he think he is. He just believe it. And like I said, I seen him dunk the ball and with ease. It wasn't no strain. It wasn't mm -hmm. no, ah, my back. It wasn't no, ah, my knees. He dunked the ball at 60 plus years old. And it was yeah. like, I was amazed. Like, hold on. Like you know how you you uh you see people after their career and you be like oh they might have been good you know what I'm saying and with, right, you, with him right. dunking the ball at sixty year old I could just imagine what he was doing at our age mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying or at sixteen seventeen year old I could just imagine what he was doing at that age yeah. and stuff like that so man it was amazing so coming out of high school I mean y'all was the greatest show I mean the only problem I seen was when y'all played against Modesto Christian, but that was like a battle right there. Like y'all Modesto Christian, that was a game to be at. Like if you wasn't at that game, yeah. you wasn't at no, you didn't catch no real high school sports. If you wasn't right, at Modesto right, Christian right. and Samuel Hancock, did you, uh, I mean, you was on the platform. So did you, did you get any scholarship offers coming out of high school? Did you, what was that? Man, about? man, I got zero scholarship offers, <laughs> zero donut. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, people will come up to me and they literally would just want to talk to me just to get to my brother. It had nothing to do with me, you know, and I, yeah. I'm just keeping it real. Right. Yeah. Like It was like and, and I I felt like I did really good at those games. Like even hey. Modesto Christian, I had 26, you know, uh, Chuck Hayes ended up playing at Kentucky. I'm like, man, if I can get 26 against. David, so Chuck Hayes played, starred at Kentucky. David Parrish went to Cal. Uh, Richard Misley went to Cal. Mark Pratt went to Boise State. I mean, yeah. like all five of them. Bobby Cole ended up went to going to some Division One school. I'm like, okay, guys, I know I'm not the greatest <laughs> at all, but can I at least get a, a letter from Stanislaus State? You know, exactly, donut. exactly. But that, but that was, but that was uh, ended up being my motivating factor in my life. And it actually helped me um, more than it hurt me because literally I remember the coach from Stanford was like, came up to me and was like, yeah, um, Aaron is your brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how it was. Off the but, back. 
off the bat. Yeah, it had nothing to do with me. And it was I loved it because I always I always felt like, you know, Aaron, you know, I, I was like, that was my little big brother in sports Yeah, when it came to that, because he just, he was so fearless and crazy. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> so I would Aaron. always be rooting for him. Yeah. Aaron was, oh, like you said, fearless. That's the perfect word. He reminded me of like a Kevin Garnett attitude mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Kevin, like Aaron was like the dominant, like, it, but the crazy thing is, so like you said, you scored 20 something points against Modesto Christian, but I always looked at And you I dunked like, on Chuck Hayes too. I dunked you on Chuck Hayes. Get for the <laughs> Man, I got nothing. I got, I didn't get a letter from little Lily of the Valley Christian college. Um, but it, it was, you know, it was all, I, I really, yeah. but the reality is Jay, like I never, I did not play like AAU ball. Yeah. I literally I I fell in love with basketball, but I didn't understand like like I was out cutting grass. You know, I was like an entrepreneur. I was selling watches. I yeah. mean, I remember Lance and I used to sell watches. Yeah. I mean, I, I was one. doing yeah. So it was it was like I was doing other things. Like I was cutting grass with my cousin Reggie. I mean, I was I was out. I was working. I had a yeah. job also. And that's what I always tell people. Like I started working at Lewis Park at 16 years old. Uh, shout out to Ray Harris. Shout out to Ray shout Harris. Out Ray and, Harris. Uh, and, and yeah, Ray Harris and Lance for connecting me with the city of Stockton. So I worked from 16 to 21 uh, at, at uh, Lewis Park. So that was one of the things that kept me out of the way. People would be like, well, Joel, where were you at? I'm like, I'm working. And yeah. I love money and I love, I used to spend all my money on Jordans. And people used to be like, how you get all that? I was like, dude, my parents, they, they were crazy in a good way. They never charged me for rent or like nothing like that. So I got to spend all my money on shoes. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I bought my sister, so uh, Susan, a pair of nines, white nines. That was like... <laughs> big for me like oh i was yeah. like man i want my sister to like shoes you know yeah. but um you definitely yeah, did, a, did a good job with that <laughs> yeah she into those shoes yeah she's definitely in the shoes uh and even to this day my wife early this morning was telling me about my shoes you got to get the <laughs> shoes out of the floor because i i probably have about 75 pairs of shoes at my house and um and a bunch of shoes at my um parents house if they're uh, still there but um <laughs> yeah, yeah so man you coming out of high school with no with no scholarships i mean growing up on the east side for the people that don't know out there you could have went either way like it, everything mm -hmm. was presented to you like if you want to go deal some drugs here you go yeah if you want to go this way here you go if you want to go party with some girls here you go but you decided that you wanted to go to delta what what uh what what was going on in your head mentally at this point? How was your mental being at this point? Um, you know, I just looked at everything and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna listen to people because I already knew it. No, everybody was like, don't go to Delta. And I was really yeah. stubborn. I was like, I'm gonna do it my way. I'm going to Delta and I'm gonna graduate. You know, I had people coming up to me uh because it was a big uh thing where everybody was going to Langston. 
And, yes. uh, you know, shout out to Langston, uh, a, a historic black college, man. Amazing. Yeah. You know, everybody was going to Langston um, out of my class from, you know, um, just to name a couple of like Maurice, uh, Brian, my brother, Aaron, uh, mm -hmm. Michael, Andrea, uh, Rachel, Martin, uh, my sister, Sophia. I mean, everybody was going. And I was like, no, nah, I ain't going there. You know, yeah. um, I'm going to Delta and I'm going to just go in here and just figure my way out. Um, and 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 the, the one of the main reasons why I went because Archie Harris, I was actually working. I didn't. My plan really Archie really sparked, re-sparked my plan. I was working at Basil Light Construction, uh, Basil Light Bricking Company in Tracy. And Archie was like, what are you doing? Archie Harris, uh, basketball coach. He was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working. Like, I'm making $8 an hour. Like, I'm good. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. He said, come with me. He picked me up, took me to Delta, took me to Brian Katz. Never forget this. He was like, this is the he was like, this is the best player on your campus. This guy right here is the great best integrity. You never meet nobody like this. He took me to Mr. Williams. Um, he was the dean of students, was like, This guy yeah. is a great guy. You know, he's a, he's good for the school. He was just going, and I'm like, why is this man saying all this stuff about me? And I was like, you know what? He he was like, Yeah, you need to go to school, Joe. So I signed up. Uh, took 10 units because I was like, I don't want my clock to start. And then uh, the next year, I ended up trying out for the basketball team. Uh, they didn't even really want me on the team, to be honest with you. Yeah. But he just saw my perseverance and was like, this guy will will not stop coming around. And <laughs> they were they just put a spot on the bench for me. You know, that's that's the truth. You it's know? the truth. It's because the you yep. And not and and if you look at Delta, uh, my my brother in law now, uh, Michael Kirby, his parents, I'll never forget. They were at the uh, one of the top games at Delta. We were in a championship game, and I never forget Coach Russell was like, "Put Stallworth in the game," and the the Stockton Record did a write up about this everything, but they didn't they didn't know the behind the scenes. But I wasn't even playing five minutes a game. They put me in the game and I ended up scoring like 10 points, six steals in like two minutes. And we ended up winning the championship game against Yuba. And two minutes. That was my sophomore year. Yeah. And, you know, the coach Katz was like, oh, you know, you know, he was like, oh, I probably should have been playing him more, you know, yeah. whatever. But but I ended up going to Delta, I mean, uh, Stanislaus and got lucky. All six people trans, all six sophomores transferred, and a lot of people got ineligible. I mean, a lot of people uh, got ineligible on the team, uh, so that left me as the lone horse my senior year. So we ended up doing really well our first ten games at me starring for the team. You know, I was we we uh, we ended up beating Irvine. Um, UC Irvine, um, our, the first Division One team I believe we ever beat in our school history. We're Division Two school, and I yeah. led the team at 21 points, 10 rebounds, six steals, seven assists. It was just 
Stats back to yourself. Just let me play. Exactly. Yeah, back to yourself. Yep. So he let me play, and that kind of freed me. And then um, we ended up starting off really well. I think we were like seven and two, and we were just just running through everybody. And then the um, a couple of starters got um, back from injury, and you know they were. The coach was like, oh, Joel, go back to the bench. And I'm just like, he didn't say that, but he kind of put me back on the bench. And then yeah. we started doing really bad. Then towards the end of the season, they kind of put me back in. And, you know, I ended up making all California conference uh, player of the week, I believe twice. And um, then I got, I made second team all conference overall, which was amazing because from a guy that played, we, you know, it was one of the toughest conferences in division two. Uh, CCAA and you know from not playing at a yeah, junior exactly. college to to end up starting uh, I started 22 out of 22 games and pretty much uh, tied our record for steals um, in like three different games at one point I was averaging like six steals a game I was leading the whole nation in steals because I was just such a dog as far yeah. as just going after it. Like, you know how the hustle and grind is. Exactly. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was, it was real playing and just, um, man, going to Delta was, was a humbling experience for me. You know, yeah. I, I don't openly talk about it as much as I should, but it was so humbling because, you know, planning, playing with people that you feel like you, you know, you, you should have, be playing at least yeah. um you know i remember my point guard i would guard him in the game and he was man shout out to him i ain't gonna mention his name but he was he you know he was super slow i'm like i if i guarded him he wouldn't get past half court in my opinion yeah. and uh it was crazy and we we also have really good point guards uh mike rodriguez and keith Worley. i'm not yeah. talking about them it was some an another guy but yeah. you know and, you know, I don't want to mention the name because yeah. I don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, everybody's living a good life. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. You know, but, man, it was it was it was tough, man. Uh, riding the bench and saying, man, I could I deserve at least 10 minutes in the game. <laughs> yeah. Everything exposed itself when I got to, uh, you know, college and, um, you know, to my four year institution, San Jose State. I ended up blossoming and. You know, you had all those coaches came back and said, hey, Joel is the top player in our league. And that that was super humbling. Uh, coming coming from a Division five school, people used to tease me. And I loved it. I laughed about it. And y'all was D10. You know, y'all yeah. playing against College of, you know, college of the Blind. And yeah. I was able to uh, compete on a high level and uh, garner the attention from uh, a lot of different coaches. And I also got uh, – uh, Invite. I got invited to a lot of um, the camps, uh, post-collegiate basketball, and that's a crazy story because my track coaches started giving me the letters, Coach Dice, and I'm like, I'm focused on the track. And they were like, no, you can go to Vegas, you know, giving me the letters to go trial for these teams, and it was like pay. And other people was paying for tryouts, and I wasn't, And you know, as far as to go overseas. So it was – it was amazing, man. God really blessed me. Um, and I know it was from just staying upright and persevering through all evil. And 
you know, being a part of the just the realm, and I just know having that Samuel Hancock Christian School covering it, it has right. always put me in, in a great position. That that's facts. Now you mentioned track. Now, so we didn't have track at Samuel Hancock. We always raced each other, though. We didn't have track at Samuel right. Hancock. We you didn't run track at Delta. What? pushed you to run track i mean we i i don't think anybody was slow at sammy hancock i think we all had wheels i know so we all should have had a track team like we had wheels but what pushed you to uh, do it that late um we you remember we used to sporadically run like at a meet or two um but it wasn't we never had a track team um uh, so what my buddy Ross, I always tease. He's like the Brian of the crew. We always, I fight with him all the time on social media. Uh, yeah. Ross, I love him. Um, he was on the team and he was supposed to be the fastest 100 meter guy at school. And I'm like, guys, listen, I would talk a lot of trash <laughs> in basketball. I'm like, I have never lost nothing, a, a liner in my life. You know, uh, probably a race on Burkett or two. But when it came to liners, I never really lost. And they were like, oh, but you don't know Ross is so fast. And I was like, I, at Delta, I never lost a race, which yeah. was crazy because I don't remember not losing a race at, at Samuel Hancock. So we were like lightning fast. Yeah. Um, so it was weird. Like Ross, like I'm fast. I'm like, man, this dude is not fast. Why does he keep saying he's fast? He's like, yeah, I'm on the team. Da, 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 I'm doing all this. I'm like, if this guy's running, I know I can. <laughs> I know I can run. You know, that's how I was looking at it, right? Yeah. So I tried to go out my junior year, and my coach, he has amnesia of this, uh, Coach Keith Larson. And I say that in the most loving way. Shout out to Coach Larson. I love that, man. Uh, but he was just like, oh, I was like, I'm going out for track. He was like, if you go out for track, you're not going to be on this basketball team. And uh, keeping in mind, I was coming in as a guy that rode the bench anyway. So they wasn't going to give yeah. me no leeway from that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, forget it. I'm going to go out next year. And then, you know, in between time, I was talking a bunch of trash. Ross was the fastest hundred meter guy on the Stanislaus track team, my junior year. And this was like a movie in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, we literally were, were working out. Right. All of my buddies from Delta, we transferred this uh, to uh, Stanislaus. Right. So we were working out. Then after they start having everybody race and everybody's like, oh, well, Joe's faster than Ross. Like only my Delta friends, you know, they were like, yeah. and everybody's like, nobody can be Ross. Ross is the fastest at the school. And I'm like, are y'all serious? Like this guy is I'm like, OK, he's a clown <laughs> far as when running because I yeah. felt like. I couldn't be, I, I felt like nobody can beat me at this time because I was like in the greatest shape of my life. Yeah. Um, so after like, we got on the line, everybody was racing. So it came up to Ross and I. So the coach was like, whoever think Joe was going to win, go on this side. Ever think Joe, Ross is going to win, go on this side. It was literally like a movie. And everybody went on Ross' side except my roommates and, you know, and the people from Delta. And it was, so it was like six of us. Man, Long story short, after like six steps of running, I, I said, what are you doing? I'm taking your head off. I smoked him. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
I said, y'all gonna see me out on the track team afterwards, right? So yeah. that's how my that sparked my track uh, career at Stanislaus. And, you know, that's what sparked my interest even more. I was like, I'm, I am I know I got a spot if he can make it, you know. Yeah. And then, long story short, I end up trying out for the team with uh, Jordan's on. I had on some Jordan trainers. And uh, I ran a 36 and a 300. A 36 and a 300 yeah. with Jordan trainers on, not knowing what I was doing uh, at all. Just... Yeah. And I was like, okay, I wonder if this is fast enough. And they were like, at that time, <laughs> that was the fastest time of our in our day. And I had no training uh, um, as far as I didn't crazy. know where to put my arms, nothing. And from there, I ended up um, pretty much never losing in our conference. I never lo- lost a race in our conference in two years. And That's I ended up hit, hitting a, a Olympic A standard, won a gold medal in Valencia, Spain, um, uh, made the uh, Olympic trials, uh, you know, and was able to travel around the world. Yeah. That's crazy. And for the people had, who think Joel playing about this talking on the track, I could see when you was telling me that you was saying like, man, what are you doing? I could see you saying it to him. Right. That was just you. You know what I'm saying? It was just competition. Yeah. Like, bro, what are you doing? Back up. Like, you ain't right. doing yeah. this. Like, 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 respectfully. Yeah, respectfully. respectfully, but you tripping. Thinking right. you me, but yeah, man, that's crazy. You got to travel the world coming from Sammy, like, I don't, it's, you can't explain, like, coming from Samuel Hancock, like you said earlier, you telling me that I'm going to win a gold medal, that I'm going to be on the Olympic team, that I'm going to be running track, that I'm going to be playing basketball, winning a championship, that I'm going to get all these awards in college. You could not have told me that was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I didn't yeah. even know what a West Region Athlete of the Year was and i didn't know i knew what all american was but california athlete of the year like all of that stuff like i was like people were i was getting rewards and i was like i I never dreamed of this this is somebody else's but i you know coming from the school i would always just i i i always had that that um that push you know that little school mentality and even even at stanislaus i will in my races i would be like Stand, stand, state, stand, state, because that gave me energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, coming from Samuel Hancock was just—it was everything to me because I always felt like there was a, a, a extra push that I had to give to yeah. show people that I, I, I know I was not the most talented athlete. Like I, I, I never, I will never lie and say that because it'll be a super lie, you yeah. know. And if I ever was the most talented athlete, it's not because of just my talent. It was because of my work ethic. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I when I didn't realize, I didn't understand weights, all of that, like a, a weight program. I was like, this exactly. is crazy. So I, w- I remember calling Andre. And my cousin Andre is, I mean, in my book, Reggie and Andre, like they were just so athletic. I mean, those guys, 360s, and they're not even six, they're not even six one. And yeah. they will be doing cr- uh, people don't even know Andre was a freak of nature. Yeah. Like, like he would do all type of crazy dumb. Him and Reggie. I remember um 
you know, Reggie, he he ended up, he caught, he dunked on my dad one time. You know what I mean? This is no lie. Like, we're in open gym. And my dad was like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but yeah. and Reggie is not even 6'1. You know, no, Reggie, but he was so yeah. athletic. So my my every time I thought about giving up, I always thought about them um, because I was like, man, I feel like nobody can beat Reggie in the race. Reggie was fast, but yeah. Reggie never had like twelve months of like professional training like what I got. Yeah. You know, and and I used to train. My coaches would train me, and then I would sneak behind their back and go train again. You know, because I had so much energy and yeah. I would go train again because, you know, I wasn't partying or, or drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I was partying in college, but I wasn't drinking or anything uh, like that. Um, so that allowed me to have more energy, in my opinion, than everybody yeah. else. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, I, I my my dream was, man, if I ever had a dream, man, it would be just to for all of us to have like a a, a program that really gave us that edge like everybody else had basic weight training you know um p classes stuff like that 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 they got that basic we just we just raw talent raw. We went out there with raw talent yeah i mean even going to delta i had to learn all those plays we didn't we didn't do a lot of plays we just understood -uh. we understood chemistry and we were like all right you over there that means the ball just flowed and you know everybody yep. scored we blew everybody out and we went home and you know that's yeah. how it was. That and that's how it was. Y'all went out there. He wasn't call like you said. He wasn't calling no plays. But you know, if he stomped that foot, coach, oh, yeah. stomped that foot. Yeah, <laughs> you knew you doing something wrong, and he needs you to listen up. You yep. know what I'm saying? But yeah, speaking of Reggie, man, that dude. I see. I remember seeing him just flying, bro. Like even just pat way past. Like when I was a senior or after my senior year. And mm -hmm. he's a lot older than me, and he was still yeah. just moving, though. Like, a lot of people don't look at Reggie now. Reggie was an athlete. That I know. dude was an athlete. I didn't get to catch. I caught the tail end of uh, Andre. But Reggie, I got to catch Reggie, and he would always give me pointers. Like, I was a sophomore with with Maurice and Aaron and all mm -hmm. of them, and uh, he was like, man, just just keep staying at it. Stay at it. Stay at it, man. Just stay on your defense because I was a defensive mm -hmm. player. I wasn't no scorer. You know what I'm saying? Right, I wasn't right. the biggest threat on the scoring side. But defense, I was mm -hmm. killing, but that was because Reggie. That was because Marky, shout out uh, RS and Peace to Marky. That was because yeah, them coming to the games and telling me, like, even Brian. Brian was coming to the games like, hey, man, He's right there, you know, move this way or make them go this way. And they was coaching me up and the coaches mm -hmm. were allowing them to coach me up, you know. And so wow. all of them people, that, like I said, Texas Village, man, them mentors, man, they really, if they don't know now, they 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 going to know when they hear this that they really, really helped me throughout my high school career and stuff. But same, speaking, same here. Yeah, so you uh, got to travel the world. What kind of doors did that open after after your track? After everything is done, you you done played basketball, you got all these awards that you wasn't even expecting. You ran the track, you got the Olympics gold. It, it's like, this stuff is just, I know it's probably was mind-blowing. A kid from the 209 getting all of this. So what what opportunities, what doors did that open for you? Um, It opened a lot of doors for me. You know, as far as just the people that I know, even today, um, 
that I have really good relationships with uh, Renard Beckham, um, Quincy Watts, you know, Greg Nixon, um, Keisha Baker, you know, Keisha won gold in 2008. Uh, uh, Greg won so many gold medals on the world championship level. Quincy Watts won 92 uh, Olympics. He's uh, one of the best coaches in the world right now. Um, Man, it opened doors for me to uh, connect with people in Los Angeles, uh, people to take me serious in business. Like I have a a brand called Speed City right now. Um, You know, it's connecting me with guys like uh, Michael Norman uh, Mm -hmm. and Ryan Benjamin. They're the top athletes in the world right now on their prospective events with the 400 and 400 hurdles. Uh, Michael Norman is supposed to win gold this year. Uh, It allowed me to marry my wife. Um, because, you know, we, we both have shared interests in travel, um, and, you know, just running on TV and, you know, people see you and they look you up and they say, wow, I want to be connected with a winner. Exactly. Um, It allows me to train athletes, even in Los Angeles right now. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been denying a lot of uh, athletes because I just I, I got a fa- huge family life that I'm trying to work together to get that stuff moving, um, so I can be more hands-on. Obviously, we're in COVID, with yeah. Athletes, but it just opened the doors for me. I have my own shop in downtown Los Angeles, which I'm in right now, the small shop. Yeah. Um, it taught me that hard work and dedication. Um, it opened the doors for perseverance in my life. When I look at my life and I look at the odds of this happening to somebody like me, it does, just doesn't exist. But it only exists because of my village and the people that are king that, that helped me out. Um, Gilbert Garcia. Uh, I don't... Uh, Brother Garcia. Yes. Let, let me say something about him. I used to go to his house three days a week, fall asleep on his couch. They would cook dinner for me. Uh, his wife, uh, his wife, oh my gosh. And, and, and her, him, they, they treated me like, I feel like I'm their son. Even today I go over their house and it's still love. Like I, I've been trying to stay away from them because of the COVID. Yeah. Like, I, I would go over their house three years out of Delta and just never tell him I was coming and still go there and we'll talk about life. That man, uh, that man helped save my life. Literally. Uh, he, he used to get makeup jobs for me and Stefan. And, 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 and I would work at his house laying bricks and stuff for $5 an hour. Just, you know, he made sure I had money in my pocket yeah. that I didn't have to do silly things. You know, yeah. and I'm thankful that um, I had, you know, the village, man. And yeah. his, his mom and I share the same birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brother Garcia, man. That's that's why I didn't forget about him, but I did at the same time. I haven't seen him in a while, but Brother Garcia, he did the same for me. He did for you. He'll call me up. I go to his house, like you said, pay you some money. Wow. Just so you can stay out the street, so you don't, you know what I'm saying? So you don't get caught up in that lifestyle or nothing like that. He was just... Right, man, brother, I see it was amazing. Like, yeah, <laughs> like for real. We, we really, really like. I talked about it, like as far as what we had at Sammy Hancock, but now that we're speaking about it now, man, we had 
a one of a kind chance. Like this was once in a lifetime type stuff. Like we, yeah. really, like a book really need to be wrote about Samuel Hancock because this was, I don't think this, to my opinion, this is probably the best lifestyle that we had. My parents, that was the best move that for us moving from Tennessee to coming to California. And not only mm-hmm. that, to going to Christ Temple because that wow. But I wouldn't have been connected to y'all if they didn't listen to God. And I've had the best situation in my life. It was my fault I didn't take advantage of it. You know what I'm saying? It was wow. my fault I didn't listen to the Bishop Star Wars, the Alice Star Wars, the Gail Star Wars, the, you know what I'm saying, everybody around me. I had the best village that you could ever grow up in. I had you. I had Aaron and them to look up to. I had so many people, the Michael Hesters, the... So it's endless people I had in Mark, my life. Mark Stallworth. Mark Stallworth. Man. That man, I was talking to him the other day, and I was like, man, this dude literally, he would sacrifice his whole family just to take us to places. Brother Johnny, man. you know what I mean? They, they, we really had people that wasn't about money. Exactly. They were, they were, they, they made sure we were safe. I mean, yes. we didn't have all these war stories of, you know, guy kids being touched on and these, you know, exactly. So, so like the life we had in the life that 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 made us the men who we are today, where yes. we could be married men and, and um, um, not we don't necessarily. I mean, I'm not perfect. And, I'm you know, yeah, but exactly. the reality is we have people that really were honorable like my uncle mark i said man i talked to him i said man i look at it now and because i see the stuff that i'm doing and investing yeah. in people's lives and i'm like man this dude literally put his whole life on hold to take us around drive us around and you know in the, in the bus. And, you know they wasn't getting paid no real crazy money nah. you know? he loved he loved the youth he loved the youth right my, what you Oh, go ahead. No, I was just my aunt Gail. That was crazy. They literally, uh, Pastor Ernest, they put everything on the line and was just going through everything. I look back, I'm like, man, people got to be buried. You see them every day, even on Sunday, seven days a week. And yep. You still got to be presentable and respectful. And I look at my aunt Gail, I'm like, man, she she got a crown no matter what because exactly she she put the work in and. You know, her blessings now come from putting in work. You know, when 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 it was when it was like real, when we yeah. were in the classroom, you know what I mean? Going to the scoring table. Like, you know what I mean? When we were exactly. when we were man, and, and you look at you look at the past and man, look what the you know, I always say uh uh presence equals future and the past equals future. You know, and, and now you look at these people now, you see how they live and it only makes me smile because yeah. it's like, man, you know, um, I remember my uncle Mark used to sing the song, uh, even me, let some drops fall. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you you look at it and you see the drops falling on them. You see it falling exactly. on their kids. You know, you see like even Maurice, crazy, well-educated, you know, um, exactly. uh, Marla, ed- educated, they married. You look at you look at just the offspring and you say, wow, man, they like, you know, my girl, her kids like Andre, he's in Arizona doing his thing. You know, Brian doing his thing, hustling, you know, selling property. Uh, Elaine traveled all around the U.S. Traveled the world. You know, um, 
with that woman that are loose play. I mean, yep. there's so, so many different things, just to name a few, right? Um, the drops have fallen on us, and we didn't really understand uh, how blessed we were just the protection. Now that we have kids, it's like, wow, you look at your kids and be like, man, I need some good people like that around them. You know, exactly. It's, it's, it, you want your kids to be great at athletics and great at school, but like, man, you don't want nobody bothering your kids, you know, and, 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 and disrupting their, their, their uh, forward movement. And like, oh, like I never, I hear people like, oh, I never had nobody tell me at Samuel Hancock that I couldn't be something. Exactly. You know, I never had that. And I'm thankful for that because I have other friends that have different stories, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. I, he just coming from that. So speak, let's speak to the parents right now. What do you like things is going on? You got the COVID, you got, um, it's just so much going on right now versus what we had. What, what message would you give to the parents right now? Jeez. My message, what I will give to the parents is, you know, don't stop believing. And if you not believing, start find a way to believe, encourage your child, encourage yourself, get under some type of leadership of motivation. Every day you wake up, motive, get some motivation. Find some way to motivate yourself because we're living in dark times right yes. now. And, 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 you know, we, this, my crazy theory, this is not, I'm just saying, you got even the cryptocurrency, the Bitcoin, we all going to a one currency type thing pretty much is kind of revealing what the Bible was talking about. But man, keep your head to the sky, you know, look to the hills from what come at your help because we, this is when. All the praying and all the fasting that people did for us, that we did for each other, this is when you have to activate it. This is when you got to activate now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yeah. not seen. When you are at home with your kids and you are at your breaking point, get your breakthrough. Because, yeah. And it's easier for me to say than obviously done, right? But I remember... When I was in my situation, when I was in my dark hours, when I felt like my situation was bigger than everything, I was sitting on a bench and everybody was telling me to quit. Everybody was telling me to give up. Those same, like, anointing, you know, that my parents praying and fasting covered me. And I allowed it to cover me. I allowed the goodness and mercy to follow me, you know, for all the days of my life. And even, even if I'm doing wrong, uh, I still... Ask God to order my steps. Yeah. My my advice for parents is look to the hills and understand that our God is uh he like this song has been in my head. Our God is awesome. Our God yeah. is awesome. And and in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Like what, I was in my car the other day and, and literally I've been so spiritual the last two years and it's not that i go to church every sunday but i'll be honest man the holy ghost just comes on me and i'm just like whoa I, but i allow it to come on me. i don't yeah. say i don't even have to say jesus a million times i just feel his presence and i allow it to come and i was talking to my cousin the other day i was like i had to pull over because god presence got in my car and that's the thing that i learned like that i saw growing up you know, 
you know, riding in the car with my grandfather, driving yeah. him home, and he just starts feeling the spirit. I'm like, what? What is going on? But now <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. But but the Holy Ghost is a comforter. And I'm not trying to make this all a Christian thing or nothing. No, nah, man, go, go, go ahead. But 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 the reality, man, like people think that we got to beg for God. God, just just open up, just open up your heart and exactly. allow God to come in, because the reality is people the, the depression rate is at the highest level. Um, go get some counseling, you know, not just uh, go get counseling outside of the church, you exactly. know, and you need you know, natural and spiritual. Like, go get some help. Um Go see a therapist. Go see a therapist. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to cry. You don't have to be the toughest all the time. Like, I'm not trying to be tough no more when it comes to my, my mental health. Exactly. Um, you know, your mental health is key. And if we don't, you know, I'm still talking to the parents. If you don't handle your mental health, you may, you're going to have a different breakthrough that you don't want. Your kids yeah. are going to have a different breakthrough. Man. And people are battling mental we can't even go to church like how we used to. You know, oh, I can't Man. wait to go to church. You got to go to God. Let's take it to the Lord. Exactly. Exactly. You, know, you can't. You you can't see your pastor. Hey, these pastors, and, and, and this ain't about shade against pastors, but these pastors, man, they wasn't. They probably. Uh, you, you still got the same access to most of these pastors because none of them were staying at the church anyway. They wasn't like Jesus. You couldn't even touch. You can't even touch most of these pastors, him or they garment, because they wasn't at the church anyway. It's a pastor. Is, yeah. A pastor is not even. And, and this is not a pastor bashing. I'm just speaking the truth. Yeah. Of, 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 of uh, you know, just life. I mean, it to get to a pastor is like you got to make an appointment 10, yeah. 15 times, you know, where. It's like there you won't see most pastors even at church. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you you want. So you this God is just showing us through this pandemic, you wasn't getting what you thought you was getting anyway. Exactly. So you gotta come to me. Uh, and, yeah. and, and people put all their trust in these pastors. That's why you have all these mega pastors. Instead yep. of making ministry, you don't have making ministries, you have making pastors. Or yep. it's like an honor. Oh my gosh. People don't even want to see God no more. They want to see the pastors because yep. they're famous. You know, imagine, imagine if we made God famous. And this Man. is what's gonna have to happen because when you go into your secret closet, you can't pray to your pastor. As nope. much as, as as much as the bishop and our, our parents and stuff has done for us, they were so good and great. Man, the bishop is gone. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and and I model my life after him. You know, if you go into my shop, you'll see. I mean, you was the one you Jay, you you saw my original shop. Man, you a blessed man. <laughs> you a blessed <laughs> hey, man. Hey, yeah. I just thought about that right now. I remember you and your wife. Yep. Y'all came down, and this was like in 2014. It was, yep. 2014 in the art district. I had a shop that was like a quarter of the size that I have right now. It was oh, a yep. little baby shop. And but you, had you a know shelf. <laughs> yeah, right, you right. Had a shelf. <laughs> but but yep. but how did I conduct myself? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Was, but 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 it all stems from the story of David. David wasn't ready 
David was already ready for Goliath before he went after Goliath, right? Yeah. He was already ready. He had already executed everything. Before I even got my small shop in L.A., I was already going through the hustling part. I was doing pop-ups at Merrill's Trading Post, a flea market. Yeah. And, you know, people look at this little shop now and be like, oh, man, I'm like, it's by the grace of God and good people around me, my yeah. amazing wife and, you know, my family. I mean, everybody supported me, even when I went back to Stockton and everybody bought hats and just show love. I mean, even just yeah. showing love, you know, the, to this day. Right. And without Stockton, I, you know, the village, my business is nothing, you know. Um, and, I, and I always stand by that because it's the truth. Yeah. But, man, you saw that shop. Most yeah. Of Everybody didn't see that little small shop. Man, you bless little, little this small shop. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, you you yeah. bless man. They don't understand it. Then especially where you got your small shop at now, that's man, that's big. <laughs> yeah, it was just the location of it, just everything about it is big. It's right, big, bro. I'm I'm definitely proud of you, man. Definitely proud. Likewise, of you. man. I appreciate definitely. it. So, um. Closing up, you gotta. Uh, do you have any messages for the youth? Closing up, man. My my message for the youth is: never be afraid to fail. Enjoy failure. It's failure is part of the process. Uh, failing is a part of the process. Failure isn't. Failing, you can always get up if you if you you know what I mean are not afraid. Most of the people. There's going to be people every year that are going to do things that they've never done before. It will be you if you do things you've never done before. If you don't get up and go after things, and, and I'm speaking to myself because right now, yesterday I just found out that I'm going to go get my construction license and I'm going to just start getting things because that's just what I'm going to do. And I have to, I'm speaking to myself. So I was like, you know what? I've been asking about this. I'm not going to wait on people no more. I'm just going to go and get it. I'm not going to yeah. wait on, oh, man, this person got this license. No, I'm going to get this license. So that's yeah. my challenge to just people in general, especially coming from Stockton. Everybody I know in Stockton that's living in L.A. is doing well because yeah. we're cut from a cloth. Like, if you stay here for over four years, five years, like, you're good. I mean, yeah. look at you got Jay. You got so many people I can name that's in Stockton that I see running to, and it's it's like hilarious. I'm like, man, God is great, you know. Yeah. Uh, so don't be afraid to fail. Get back up again. Enjoy it. Embarrass yourself for your goals. Get out there and and, 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 and hustle. Like I used to hustle on street corners. After I got a college degree, I, I went out there and. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, you need to get a job. I was like, I didn't go to college to work for somebody. I'm sorry. I want to work for myself. And that's not knocking nobody that's working for anybody. Do what you But understand your vision. It's okay. Get back out of your grave situation if you're in a grave situation. And, and if, you know, I was talking to this girl the other day. She was talking about suicide. I was like, you're the most powerful person on earth. If you're talking about taking yourself out, Imagine you should not be afraid to go after your goals because what do you have to lose? You were thinking about getting rid of your life. Why don't you go and handle your business now? You 
your life is more important to you than it is to me. You know exactly. what I mean? And, yeah. Like, love on yourself, man. Be overconfident. If you are a five, be a ten. Who cares? What do you have to lose? You, exactly. Hey, once you get one yes, all the other no's don't matter. Right? Hey, exactly. If, when I ask my wife to marry me, I'm not looking for a wife no more. A lot of people don't know. I'm married. <laughs> right? I don't, Mary, I don't need another wife. I, yeah. I don't want another wife. Women are crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to get beat up for that. But and, and the reality is, once you get that yes, man, the no's don't matter. You don't. Exactly. When the last time have you looked for another wife? You ain't looking for no exactly. other wife. Exactly. Ain't looking for, for what? Exactly. You good. We exactly. good. Why, yep. I, why do I need another wife? I'm, I'm, I already have one. So, yep. Once you start doing what God has designed you to do, you don't need to do the other stuff because you're good. Yep. You know what I mean? That's my motivation towards myself and humanity. Man, get out there. If I, if I, if, when I talk to younger people, I'm like, what have you failed at lately? Oh, I'm like, go try something and fail at it and tell me. Oh, you didn't fail? Good. Keep exactly. going. Exactly. Because you need that experience. You know, exactly. and failures equal success. Yep. Yo, this is Joel Starworth on Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda. We, we, I appreciate this. I appreciate you for coming and blessing us with your presence on this show today. You know, it's uh, like I said, man, we longtime friends and this yes. is family. I feel like I'm talking to a superstar right now, just as much as like you've grown, you've grown so much from Samuel Hancock and to mm -hmm. Joel Starworth from Burkett. You know, you've grown so much and I'm, I'm, very proud of you. Very proud. Of Stockton is proud of you. You know, man, likewise, we appreciate man. you. We appreciate yep. you. Yep. Uh, this likewise. is Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda, and we gonna get with y'all. All right. Blessings, man.